Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're going to dive into and help you navigate the age-old question, what's for dinner? And as we start, I want you to listen to this quote from Ronald Reagan. He said, all great change in America, and I would add, in the world. And the world. And the world. Mm -hmm. Begins at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. So we definitely need to answer that question, what's for dinner? That's right. And we're going to do so. But first, we start each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. A hug is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the one family whose marriage is undergoing transformation. And this week's hug is brought to you by MyFreezeEasy.com. And we can't wait to tell you how this company is changing our meal times and can change yours a little bit later in the show. The hug comes from a message we received that said, Happy Tuesday. I just wanted to send a quick note to say thank you. I found your podcast this year and it has transformed how I think about my marriage, my role as a wife and sex. Wow. I care more. I listen more. And I think more about how I'm loving and supporting my husband. Today is his birthday and I've done so many little things that I know are huge to him. I took him on a surprise weekend getaway. Nice. Got him a gift he briefly mentioned wanting months ago and I'm wearing all black, which is his favorite. Looking forward to dinner at his favorite restaurant tonight and then letting him unwrap another present, in quotes, when we get home. Thank you both so much. Oh, I love it. I, lo- I love hearing just that that empowerment. Yeah. To be able to go do something and just the confidence that comes from knowing that you can affect change in your marriage. That's right. So good. So good. And so, you know, over the last few weeks, we've been tackling some pretty heavy topics. You know, we've talked about rejection and we've talked about vulnerability. And really, this week is no different. This week, we're dealing with one of the biggest sources of frustration in marriage and something that nearly 70% of you have dealt with in your own marriage. And that's a lot of people yeah. dealing with this. And it's something that probably in a lot of homes happens on a daily basis. And it's that question, what's for dinner? And I think, honestly, that, that question right there you know, ties right into the episode we did on rejection because man, what's for dinner, man, that, that can lead into a whole place and, and even allow for that rejection Mm -hmm. to come in. Oh yeah. I mean, it becomes this just, you know, you can almost picture the eye rolling, you know, when Mm -hmm. somebody like walks into the kitchen, in our case, it's generally teenagers that do this and they say, you know what, we have no food. Like literally, in fact, now I'm at the point now where I go to the grocery store and I, I tell, come home and I tell the kids, look, I've bought myself 24 hours where you cannot tell me there is no food in this house. Yeah, that's right. 24 hours, you know, or you get to this point at the end of the day and you're like, oh my gosh, we've been running around all day. What are you going to make? Mm-hmm. Or I'm tired. I don't want to cook. What are we going to eat? You know, all variations on what's for dinner or, you know, the kids, my job, everything else is so stressful and I'm out of ideas. Yeah. And dinner, it's amazing how one meal 
can send even the best marriages into just a place of high frustration and irritation. And, you know, the simple answer, and a few of you said, you know, when you get asked this question, what's your answer? You're like, food. And I've said it myself, you know, where it's just like, don't even ask me what we're eating. I will put some sort of food on the table. But there's so many struggles wrapped up in those three little words. Because there's a lot of, like, you have to eat every day. Mm -hmm. And dinner time tends to be that one meal as a family, as a couple, where you do tend to eat together, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, breakfast is usually, you know, maybe somebody's getting up early, somebody's getting up a little later, the kids are going to school, somebody's catching just, you know, a bar, it's moving. Lunch, we're all in different places, other than, say, the weekends. Again, this, you know, the weekends, I would say, are just a bit different, but just during the normal week, you know, Monday through Friday, dinner's at one time, where as a family, as a couple, we can come together. We're home, we can sit down, and we can partake in this meal. And yet that question, what's for dinner comes up more times than not. Well, and I I do think that's why, you know, going just back to the quote from Ronald Reagan, all great change begins at the dinner table, because that's where you're sharing your days. That's where, you know, there, there have been so many studies talking about the impact on kids, right? Of having Mm -hmm. that, that meal where they sit down and they get to share what's going on in their day, or you just get that sense of connection. And whether you have kids or you don't have kids, there is still that time that time together. And yet if all of a sudden this becomes this huge struggle or source of frustration, then is that even happening? Mm-hmm. And then there are all kinds of trends about how, you know, we're, we're going away from the sit down dinner and, and, you know, just the prevalence of fast food and the busyness of schedules. I mean, you can find all kinds of research to, to really look at this just from like the meal part, but, but what's happening in the dynamic? Mm-hmm. Because I will tell you, I remember, you know, answering this question as a child, you know, my mom, and I've shared this before on the show, my mom, not much of a cook. <laughs> Tony starts laughing. The minute I say those words, my mom was not much of a cook. He starts laughing. Yes. Cause she, she had small repertoire. She didn't really enjoy being in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so, you your know, father did my dad did, does. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still enjoys cooking, but you know, it was like the same few meals on rotation. And then whenever we got to this place where it was like, what's for dinner and mom didn't feel like cooking, it was either breakfast for dinner or we'd order Domino's. Mm hmm. Right. I I grew up in the era of the 30 minute, you know, pizza guarantee, right? Where it's like 30 minutes or you get it for free and you're, you know, like counting down because you're like, I just want my pizza and maybe we'll get it for free. Yeah. Um, But that was my world growing up. Uh, You know, we, I don't even know that we asked the question or if we did, it was just like, this is what we're having. I don't know if we asked the question either in my household. I know definitely in our household, it's definitely the question that gets asked a lot. For me though, growing up, I remember really, there are only so many meals that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and probably this is because the recession hit. And this is my, my fondest memories of sitting down with my family. We, we always sat down for dinner. Dinner was like the sacred time in my family. Um, but the recession was, was, going strong and my dad being in construction, there wasn't a lot of work. So everything seemed to wrap around the same meals each and every week. Sundays, typically being Italian was pasta. We would eat pasta on, on Sundays. Mondays, I can't remember if it was sort of like hot dogs maybe. And it was the boiled ones. We wouldn't even put them on the grill. Yum. Yeah. Tacos on Tuesdays. Wednesdays were, were typically fried pasta that was left over from Sundays. Mm-hmm. Thursdays, I can't really remember. Maybe a Friday was like a mac and cheese. So it was very similar, but I do remember at times pressing my mom of like, 
what's for dinner? And maybe I did say what's for dinner because mom at times would get a little upset with me and my brother. And out of nowhere, and my mom, it just, it's just gentle. She's she's pretty low key. And out of nowhere, she'd just be like, S-H-I-T on toast. That's what you're eating tonight. And, and we would just be like wide-eyed. Like, oh my gosh, we just hit the tipping point with mom. Right. Apparently, we've pushed the buttons. We definitely. So that's what I remember growing up. Really, um, that time, what was around the table, but a lot of the meals were, were definitely the same. And then as, a, as, as I got older, I think into high school, business was starting to do better. And then we would see more chicken. We would see more steak coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, was, it was a rotational thing growing up. And, you know, it, it's, it's this struggle. Like so many times, it's amazing how, you know, over the last, I think over the last few months, really, we've seen this shift in the one family where, where we're like, okay, how can we, how can we get systems into place? Because I will tell you, you know, we asked the question, you know, kind of what's your default, you know, what do you fall back on when, when this question comes up in your marriage, mm-hmm. right? Um, a lot of you are the breakfast for dinner. Yeah, we are too. We time. are too. Breakfast for dinner, um, you know, eggs, that type of thing. A lot of you, you know, it's takeout or, or you know, delivery. Um, I don't know. I don't know what generations did before Uber Eats and, and Grubhub and all of these things that actually let you bring in food from a lot of different places, right? You actually had to go out and get it. I would say our generation was less of the eating out generation mm-hmm. growing up. Oh, for sure. You know, eating out for us was a big deal. We, we didn't eat out at all, I feel like. And it was it was a treat if we got to go to like McDonald's or Del Taco, you know? See, I think that because like I remember eating out growing mm. up and not having it be like such a treat thing. Okay. But not to the extent that we do now. And I think that really has a lot to do with, you know, what's the busyness of life mm-hmm. and, and where are we going and who's doing what and what does it look like when you have both mom and dad working, husband and wife working and everybody's tired. Yeah. And yet this meal still comes up like every 24 hours. Yeah. Dinner is going to be there. Or somebody's going to want to eat dinner. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's, it's also that time. And so how do we foster this? As couples, because we're, we're losing, we're losing ground, mm-hmm. right? The, if something impacts 70% of you, right? If it's a source of frustration in 70% of marriages, then we really need to look at this and say, hold on a second. There are enough big things that can be a source of frustration in your marriage, right? You can be dealing with finances. You can be dealing with jobs. You can be dealing with a lot of things that are outside of your control that are a source of frustration. But this food thing, the, the part of the reason we're doing this show, you guys, is because it has been a source of frustration lately in Tony and Lisa's marriage. Yeah. And so we know that if it's a source of frustration in ours, like we've got to take control over this. We can't let the stuff in our lives that we actually can control, we can't let that be a source of irritation. Because what happens when there's when there's this power struggle or when there's this irritation or frustration or you're not helping or or I have to do this all by myself, it doesn't just impact what the two of you are going to eat. Can I tell you, it's going to impact your sexual intimacy because resentment, bitterness, frustration, anger, irritation, all of those words don't just end when the meal is over. No. Right? They get carried into your bedroom. They get carried into the slice like, oh, I had to deal with that today and you weren't there or I had to, you know, oh, how many times are we going to go out to eat and what's that going to do to the budget and, and all of these kinds of things. Well, and I think of that time right? Each day it comes up. What does that do with our emotional intimacy? Mm-hmm. And how do we, how do we engage each other 
in this time. And and believe me, there have definitely been times here in our household where there is frustration and whatever. It's it's a almost a hands in the air of like whatever you want to do, let's just do it. Um, and then there are other times when Elisa and I are just in step, and it's like, oh, we're making this, and it's it's just like, oh, okay, yep, cool, and we're in there and we're helping one another, and it just flows so well, mm-hmm. and. You know, everything just sort of happens. And and believe me, when I say that happens, it's Elisa and I are on the same team. I'm not saying my kids are on the same team with us. We're on the same team and we're making it happen because then they can walk in and go, that's for dinner? Like, really? We're eating that? And you have to, you and your spouse together have to make sure that you're on the same team and look at your child and as we've had and said, yes, that's what's for dinner and that's what we're, what we've made. And if we've said, because our kids are teenagers now, that's not what you want to eat. You're more than welcome to make your own meal and sit down on the table with us. Mm-hmm. And we have taught our kids to cook. They may not be great cooks. Yeah, but they can eat and they can put food on in their tummy and they're right. good. They can do it. And it's figuring out what are those solutions going to be for the two of you as a couple. I love that some of you, you know, you said, well, we just grab, you know, whatever's in the freezer and, you know, just kind of hope that we can throw something together. Um, one couple did say, or one person said, you know, both our parents live in town. So we'll call them and just see what they're having for dinner and then kind of flip a coin as to which way we're going. And, you know, like with us, I mean, there are just times when, especially on a weekend, this happens more on a weekend than during the week because we do have teenagers. And if I just don't feel like cooking on a Saturday, it's kind of like a, you know, everybody fend for themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. Like we'll still kind of all gather at the table about the same time, but it's this idea of like, if you want cereal and you want eggs and somebody's just going to have leftovers, Good on you. Mm-hmm. And then even on a Saturday, though, because it's college football, especially during the fall season, we're more than okay. Everybody just grabbing what they what they're eating, and hey, we're gonna sit on the couch. That's another thing I remember for dinners. Like, what's for dinner? And and I remember this in the seventies. This would be the late seventies. Was man. TV, TV dinners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And TV dinners and TV trays. You would, you'd pop out your TV tray. Like I remember my parents <laughs> getting their trays and just so excited. Like we got our TV trays and we are sitting here and we're going to do dinner together. And, and that, I think that I was actually it. the big treat. It. Like when we got to have dinner in front of the TV. Yes. Because we always sat around the table. Yeah. No those TV are, those on. Are, those always are sat around good the times, table. man. But we have to look at what this dynamic is in each one of our marriages. Right, because if dinner is stressing you out, if, if what's for dinner or how you're eating dinner or when you're eating dinner is stressing you out, then what is it doing to the to the relationship between husband and wife? Yeah. I know this seems like a really, you know, for some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm listening to a show where they're talking about what's for dinner. And, and I want you to just stop and think for a minute. Wait a minute. Has this ever been a source of frustration in my marriage? Mm-hmm. And if so, then what can I do about it? Because if it's a source of frustration it's going to wear you out over time, right? And there are enough, you know, there are enough drive throughs that are willing to take your money. There are enough convenience foods that aren't b- good for you. I mean, I can't tell you how much research is out there on, you know, fast food and junk food and all this kind of stuff. And I get it. We eat it too. Like I'm not throwing any stones here. My, my kids know every fast food restaurant between our house, the schools, church, everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you they do. Right. But we you partake know, in a number of those. We do. Uh, and that's why I'm saying this is not, this is not a casting stones Mm-mm. type of show where we're like, oh my gosh, you need to make from scratch and, and you need to ha- you know, have 30 sacred minutes around the sacred dining room table. That's not what I'm doing here. It's not what we're doing. But you know, what are we missing out on 
in terms of connection, in terms of relationship, not just with our spouses, but with our kids, because there's so much irritation around one question, three words that can send you into a tizzy. Cause you're like, wow, why do I have like one person said, why does this always fall on me? Mm. Why, why am I always the one to have to answer that question? I've said that out loud to my tribe. <laughs> I'm like, you all have brains. Somebody else figure out what we're having for dinner. You have, I have. I'm telling you, like nothing that we bring up here on the show, guys, has not been said in our own homes. It's, it's, the, it's looking at what else is out there. What are the solutions mm-hmm. to a problem that everybody seems to have? And how can we adapt those solutions? Like I was telling a, a couple the other day, you know, when we're talking about the tools that are available through one, what are those tools that you can get your hands on and then customize for your marriage? Can I tell you, we don't have to live in a one size fits all when it comes to answering the question, what's for dinner? But we do have to have the mindset that we're going to be solution oriented couples that are going to say, if this is a problem, like any challenge in our marriage, what solutions are we seeking to remove the source of frustration? Because Mm -hmm. if we connect better, what does it look like if somebody walks in the house and you know, they're like, what's for dinner? And you've got an answer and you're like, done. Mm -hmm. Or you've planned it out. The week before you both have sat down or the family has sat down or whatever works for you guys, but it does decrease that frustration. I think that's the big thing because there is an underlying current around this question. What's for dinner mm-hmm. in, in the frustration and the angst and mm, the, uh, the just that, ah, oh, gosh, I don't know what's for dinners. Leave me alone. That's, that's, that's sometimes what I've said what, that too. what we, we get to at times and, and how does that, how does those three words impact our marriage? Truly. It, it, and Elisa said it, it, it seems like it could be a little trite and a little bit like, oh, no big deal. And yet it has some big implications. Well, and you all have heard Tony say as he opens every show, right? Where scheduling sex takes the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. We have a whole family here, the one family that has has looked at intimacy and said, you know what, I'm going to get a plan for that. It's called the intimacy lifestyle. We have a whole group of you in the family who have said, you know what, we need to talk regularly in our marriage and we need to have regular conversations about what's going on. So you've adopted the coffee break, right? You've chosen these areas of your marriage that you said, you know what, that wasn't working as well as we'd like it to. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get a plan. Why is dinner time? And this was a question we had to ask ourselves. Why is dinner time any different? Why can't we get intentional about this? Why can't we look at the biggest challenges around what's for dinner and come up with a solution? And we want to share those solutions with you. But first, we want to thank this week's sponsor, and that's MyFreezeEasy.com. And what I love about them is that they understand that the question what's for dinner can really put a strain on marriage. And I love it because they actually come up with a solution for that to not have to think about what to feed the family for dinner. My Freeze Easy wants to help you get wholesome meals stocked in your freezer in a simple and affordable way. It's more than just freezer meal plans. It's the flexibility of having backup dinner and adding more variety to your meals. It's the confidence that you'll be able to get dinner on the table without stress. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yep. Right. It's savings in your wallet. Hello, financial intimacy going on, you know, getting all involved there too. And it's the easiest way to do dinner, even on busy weeknights. And for us, this has been a game changer. You know, I can go and I, what I love about their plans, and this is what's always stopped me before with plans is I can see all the recipes. I mean, I can go on Pinterest and I can get, you know, a million different recipes, but how do I get the grocery list? 
I don't want to have to sort through all of those ingredients and figure out what I need. And the MyFreeze Easy Plans, guys, one of, one of the treats to this is that you get your entire shopping list. That alone makes me want to cry with happiness. Yeah. Because then I can just take that and I'm like, oh, what do I have? And I cross off everything I have. And then I go to the grocery store and I get the things that I don't have. And then I come and I will do my meals and I can do a shopping trip for a fraction of the cost and have 10 meals sitting in my freezer. So when someone says, what's for dinner tonight, mom? I'm like, you know what? Why don't you walk out to the freezer and find a, a, a recipe or a name that sounds good to you? And then they just go and get it. It's awesome. So get 20% off an annual membership when you get signed up today. Go to myfreezeeasy.com slash one. That's M-Y-F-R-E-E-Z-E-A-S-Y.com slash one. So stop that pesky question and make more time for the two of you. Plus get 20% off your annual membership today at myfreezeeasy.com slash one. So what do you do in this place, right? What are those things that you need to consider to make your own what's for dinner go away plan, Mm -hmm. right? You got to figure out what are your biggest challenges? Is it the amount of time that you have? Is it, you know, like I said, making lists. So you need somebody to make the list for you. Is it meal prep? And, and like a few of you said, and it made me smile. I just wish I could afford to have somebody just make all my meals for me. I agree. I've said that out loud too. Said it out loud, Mm -hmm. but you can even add on this idea of meal planning to your coffee break. Right. Again, yeah. the coffee break is your tool. One of the things and you know, with um, my freeze easy, one of the things that they have is the ability to literally, you can just go on their site and you can select the meals and you like drag and drop to create your own recipe. So the two of you could, or own meal plan. Mm-hmm. The two of you could sit down. I know we tell you not to have your computers, but you could, you know, there's an app on the phone. You could do this quickly as part of your coffee break yeah. and say, what are the meals that sound good for us this month? And you could together as a team choose what sounds good. And turn that grocery time, I, I think earlier in our marriage, personally, to me, grocery shopping was just a pain. Like, I, I didn't see any reason for it. Maybe it's because I didn't do it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see, like, my dad do it. And definitely throughout college, I rarely ever stepped into a grocery store. It was like, I had no money. So, really, I went to buy ramen and I left, you right. know. So, early in our marriage, I didn't see the importance of it. Now I find it actually really sort of fun and being able to have the plan and the, and the list there makes it way easier. I think where Elisa and I always say, felt like it was, what are we doing for dinner or what for dinner is because we had no plan mm-hmm. and with the plan just makes that grocery shopping easier for us. And, and you know what? We just have fun with it. You know, we'll go grab a coffee. Let's go. We're talking. We're just having a good time. It gives us some time to just connect and interact outside of our house. What's this? What's that? Boom. Let's go get it. If you have young kids, cause it can get a little frustrating. And I remember that time period where, you know, you're trying to just get through it as quickly as possible. So in that time frame, totally understand what's, you know, what, how are you going to approach that? Maybe it is, Hey, one of you just gets out without the kids and that's just your break while the other parent is at home with the kids. Well, and if you've addressed what you're having, then you can actually get in and out of the grocery store that much faster. faster, Which is again, it's a time thing. And finances as well. You know what your financial budget is. And you know, we had our whole marriage and money conversation. So, you know, that, that makes a difference because we've been and still, you know, we have a cash flow plan for our food bill 
or our food budget. And so knowing that we're staying on target is key. Right. Right. And you know, you block off time for all the important stuff that you do in your life. Right. So why not block mm-hmm. off time to do, you know, go to the grocery store and prep your food. And if you have a plan and you know what those recipes are going to be, you can be much more efficient. There's only so many hours in the day. So why not economize those to be as efficient as possible so that you have time to connect at the end of the day, so that you have time to spend with your spouse on the weekend, so that you have time to do these things, you know, and and be able to go forward with that. And, And can I say something too? I think what's worked out for Elisa and I more and more as we've gone older and have been able to just navigate our marriage is knowing that every night we're not eating at home or we know we're not preparing a meal every night. So we look at that and go, okay, how many nights are we at home? Mm-hmm. And and let's just, so it, for instance, if one week is we're only eating dinner at home four nights, okay, then that's what we have this week. Maybe sometimes it's less, sometimes it might be more, but we don't stress ourselves out trying to figure out that we need to make seven meals or seven dinners every week. Absolutely. And you know, for those of you that are like still, that's great, you guys, but I don't know what to make. Then a couple of suggestions from the one family, start a running list of those meals that your family always likes Mm. and keep those ingredients on hand. Makes sense. Which I yeah. love it because you've always got your fallback or put a list on the fridge. I actually, you know, somebody said this, like of all of the meals that are options for this week, mm-hmm. right? Because you have those ingredients and just keep crossing them off until it's time to go to the grocery store again, right? Like here are your options. We're just going to keep going through this until mm-hmm. we're out of options. You know, some of you are like, oh my gosh. I mean, like my teenagers, mom, we never have any food in the house. Or you're saying, I just don't have time to shop. There are so many grocery delivery services now where you can just, you know, put your whole grocery list in there and then voila, the grocery store delivery man shows up on your door with your groceries. I'm not a big fan of that though. And and I know I know it is an option, but personally, I don't think we've had really good success with that one. We have not, and partly it's just because I'm such a bargain shopper slash I shop out of the ads that like I want to be able to figure out what the best deal is when mm. I'm in the store. Yeah, but I, that's I, I, just me. And th- I actually enjoy going to the grocery store. And we did we did grocery delivery. I mean, when it first came out, I want to say, gosh, 18 years ago when we lived in Orange County. Yes, in Rancho Santa Margarita. That was like 18 years ago. I remember us getting delivery up there. Wow. Uh-huh. I obviously blocked that off. Yeah. But I, I remember us trying that many, many years ago. Um, it just... For some of you, it may work. It is something to consider. I'm just sh- sharing for Tony and Lisa, don't do this. Like, right. w- that's not something we're doing here at our household. Right. And, you know, there's also this question of why is this just my job? Mm. And that could be a wife or a husband. I would assume this is coming more from the wife, though. I, I do think the person, the, the couple people, but there are men who this falls on them. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, it's kind of like, you know, high desire, low desire. It's not all just a woman's thing or a man's right. thing. Right. But... You know, this is all part of looking at what, what are the dynamics in your marriage? Like we've talked about over the weeks, you know, and over the the life of the show, what are the strengths that you each bring? Mm -hmm. What does teamwork look like in your marriage? What are the conversations that you need to have as far as, you know, what aspects can you share? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're sharing the meal planning, right? That's where you guys get together. Maybe if you can, you know, get really, um, efficient about what meal prep looks like, then it is a, something you can do together. Cause it's not like it's going to be a six hour, you know, all day let's make meals, but we can prep 10 meals in two hours. Well, hello. If you do it together, could you get it down to like 90 minutes and then, you know, go have a 
coffee for 30 minutes? Like, what can you do? Mm-hmm. But how can the two of you get on the same team and, and make this work for your marriage? Right. And, and don't look at what other couples are doing, please. You know, Tony does not help me meal prep most of the time because I do it when he's not home. Mm-hmm. That's okay with me because that's the dynamic in our marriage. If I asked him to when we were home on a Saturday, he probably would. But there are many a times when Elisa is coaching and things are set up and I know what, what's going to be made. And it's like, okay, I'm going to prep this up because Elisa's on coaching calls and she has some time in between coaching calls. So I'm making sure dinner is ready to go. So when she's done with a coaching call, she comes on out, we have our dinner together, we all sit down and then I'm cleaning up because she may be jumping on another coaching call. So it does have to ebb and flow with you guys. I, again, I really believe that this question, what's for dinner really is wrapped around that emotional intimacy. And are we willing to get vulnerable around it and speak, you know, where the frustrations are and listen to our spouse? Because I really believe the last two episodes we did be around rejection and vulnerability, they all come in to this question and we're frustrated with one another and unable to connect emotionally, sexually, financially, because we're all asking what's for dinner. Mm-hmm. And finally, the one thing that I want to say, and somebody brought this up in the comments was that, you know, maybe I just need to adjust my attitude. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know what? Could it be that simple? Could it be that when our families ask us this question, we just say with a smile, you know what? Give me a minute to figure that out. And we don't take it as a frustration. We don't take it as an attack. It's not something we have to get defensive about, but we just say, you know what? How blessed am I that I have a family or a spouse that will ask me that question Mm-hmm. and interact with me on a daily basis because it matters to them that we sit around the table because that's where change happens. And I wonder, I wonder because we're so extraordinary here at the one family, I wonder if that one action would create the shift. I, I know it's, it's something that I work on daily. Like, can I, can I hear that question and not be frustrated? And, I, and I'm a work in progress, you guys, because there are times when I'm just like, stop asking me that question. It happened last night yes. with our oldest. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, it happens on a regular basis. But it's something I'm aware of and it's something I'm working on. And I challenge you this week, take one of these action steps, take one of them and say, you know what, this, this question, these three words are not going to hold power over the amount of emotional intimacy and connection we have in our marriage. It's just something we need to ask and answer. Yeah. All right. Well, so what's for dinner? I guess we got to ask that question, right? What's for dinner? Um, gosh, You know what? I just want to say it it happens every day. And yet I really do believe if we do just that last one, just that switching that attitude, what could really happen? And it just, it's, it's taken me a second here and I'm pausing because I think I need to be in that place as well. You know, I need to be in that place as well. And what's my attitude when I do hear that or when I'm even asking it? Because I think sometimes the way we ask it can really determine how our spouse responds to it. So go out this week, determine what you're going to be making for dinner together. Maybe take your coffee break and sit down, plan it out, see what happens. Take one week at a time. This isn't something that you got to do for the next month, for the next six months, for the next year. Take one week at a time. Keep growing. Keep building just like we are each and every day, making our marriages extraordinary. We love you guys. We're honored and blessed to have you part of the one family. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.